You look skeptical, Abby. Overthinking is my superpower. What are you talking about? <laughs> this is High Stakes from Gerard Inc. We're going to make this a quick intro because the conversation speaks for itself. We're continuing in the podcast, a discussion started in a recent Quick Think email about the Twitter competitor threads from Meta slash Facebook slash Instagram. Question is, should you jump in and start using it for your organization? Should you jump in and start using it for personal use? How does it fit into the ever-expanding galaxy of social media platforms? Joining me are Megan McCarthy and Tommy Barbie, both Associate Vice Presidents in Gerard's Digital and Design Group and Abby McNeil, Vice President and Deputy Lead of our Regional Health Systems Practice. If you don't get the quick think, it's our weekly Sunday morning email with insights and analysis of the latest healthcare and communications headlines. You can subscribe to that at gerardinc.com forward slash subscribe. Anyway, I was Googling this morning to see if there's any new stories about how well or more likely poorly threads is holding up in the wake of the juggernaut that is x and a bunch (laughs) of the suggested searches are things like what is the point of threads does anyone use threads all good questions abby this is a podcast and even though we have video like you you have to you have to verbalize your angry (laughs) hand gestures i'm sorry (laughs) threads is boring and there is no point to it like i i get that facebook's or meta, I get that meta saw an opportunity as Twitter was collapsing, now X, but it doesn't have a point. Instagram is about photos, TikTok's about like 60 second videos of people pointing to things. Facebook's where everybody over 40 (laughs) is. Threads is boring, what's the point? Because nobody from Twitter came over there to share their pithy thoughts. So it's Twitter and Facebook, but worse. I think because it was created by Facebook, it's automatically worse. <laughs> it's really what it is. Now we're getting into it. Here we go. Tell us more, Tommy. What hasn't Mark Zuckerberg ruined in some form or fashion, whether it's the metaverse, whether it's NFTs, whether it's now Twitter, he takes ideas, makes them slightly worse, and releases it out to the world. Although... Threads is the latest example. Zuckerberg didn't kill Twitter. No, that was self-inflicted. Yeah. I mean, killed X, not Twitter. X forever. I refuse to X. call it X. I will henceforth refer to it as Twitter. I'm going to be the person yes. on this podcast who like yells at kids to get off my lawn and talks about <laughs> where I was when Twitter was started. That's what I'm going to do here because, man, I'm spicy about it. What's the plan? What do we do with it? Because... Personally, it's boring. It is. Uh, is uh, okay. I am the only person who semi enjoys it <laughs> because it is my like safe spot, el- elusive safe spot of throwing out random thoughts that mean nothing that you could do on Twitter, but it feels a little more ad hoc on Threads. However. It is makes zero sense for most organizations to be on. Like it is a personal entrepreneur, personal brand type folks who love to put out one-off random thoughts that they have throughout the day. And I think that's really what it was created for. 
is yeah. the personal brand in particular using that as a vehicle for some sort of inter interactive let's get to know each other type of thing and i yeah. think that's where the i think it might be a little ahead of its time because i don't think most people are ready for it but if you look at where generally generationally where social media is going it's a lot more private so one of the things that we haven't talked about is be real which no organization would ever be on but on a individual basis that's one of the more popular social media platforms for most of the younger folks that are out there because it is that distillation of what are you doing in real time, even though we're not connected physically, I can see what you're doing at any point in time. Threads is very much that. So it's trying to build some sort of miniature community for personal brands. And that's where yeah. I think long-term that's the play but i don't think it is useful for most organizations to your point megan i was gonna ask you a question abby and you were about to say something so go ahead i was just going to ask if it's a great place for personal entrepreneurial brands and influencers why is it not a place for organizations one could argue that then there's a lot of opportunity because there's a lot of white space or mm -hmm. If an organization wants to get in on that conversation, they should do it through an influencer, right? Pay somebody to talk about your, their experience at your healthcare facility or whatever. So are we too quickly, I know I'm the one who said it was boring and it, but <laughs> are we too quickly walking away from opportunity here? I'm just saying I, it's a good little spot to ask random questions, ask one off things, put little facts and but there's no scheduling. So in execution, it's a very difficult thing to incorporate into a larger social media strategy and to automate and make things efficient when you have a very small, typically a very small social media team if you have one. So, you know, where as for an organization, if you have all the resources in the world, it is a great place to go and have fun and try things and see what works what doesn't but if you don't have people that it, it's just one more social channel to stress out your social media managers on. that's an important distinction though because i do think that there's a opportunity for organizations to that either already are in touch with influencers to leverage threads for that purpose so i do think that there's an avenue for that especially once the platform matures but yeah. i think that the danger in doing it now is that it's always very obvious when brands that aren't quite ready enter into platforms that are also not quite ready that's where you get like the really cringy hey kids we're out here on threads and it just <laughs> it never feels natural or right and it ends up making you look worse in the long run so i think that there is a lane there that will probably be available for organizations soon, but they just need to be, I would say, strategic about it, where right now, probably look at it on a more individual basis. If you already have an influencer that is using it, that's something that you can leverage in terms of research, additional information, things of that nature. But I would be careful about trying to dive straight in. Please call this episode, 
Hey kids, we're on threads now. <laughs> Done. <laughs> Can that be the quote pull out quote we use? <laughs> May also be the cold open. Hey there, fellow kids. <laughs> or get off my lawn. Come on down to threads. Yeah. We're gonna have four cold opens. <laughs> You're welcome. So the question that I was gonna ask you, Abby, is thinking about the number of platforms and the marketing funnel, which we talked about recently, there's just too many places. And you all just talked about the limited resources, there's limited budgets, marketing teams are already stretched thin, and whether or not somebody gets on threads, it opens the door, like, oh, there's a new social media platform, should we get on it? That then opens the door to the larger conversation of where the hell should we be in general, and are the places that we currently are the right places, and are there some other like things that we haven't done that we should be that we've just missed because of inertia. Like how do you vet the number of possible channels that you have to capture people at the right part of the funnel, all the different demographics. You've got an 18-year-old kid who's still on their parents' insurance versus a 26-year-old who's just getting their own insurance for the first time. And that changes the way they make healthcare decisions. You've got the 45-year-old who grew up on Facebook. So that's the only thing they know. Like at some point, isn't there just too much? Yes. So you have to decide what you're doing on social media and why uh, before you decide where you're going to be. I think a lot of times social media becomes like the trash can or storage room of the marketing communications department. We don't have anywhere else to put this, but it's important to like the VP of something. So put it up on social. Hey, we had cake in the break room today. Somebody put this like picture up on social. So I think you need to know why you're using social and for what. I think also there's an organic play and a paid or marketing play, right? So there is engagement that is important. What are we going to do to engage people online? How are we gonna use these owned channels for actual conversation? And then how do we use them for driving profitable volume? Because what you need to measure for your like profitable volume campaigns and how you measure the things you use for engagement are very different. So I think you just need to know that. Also, typically when I was designing marketing campaigns, they were targeted to a very specific demographic and age range, and they weren't the 18 year old. I think that's the other thing you have to think about is who do we want to influence to do what? Who do we want to be in conversation with and where do we find them? And then how do we get our resources aligned with that? And I think to add to that too, sometimes I think there's a feeling of, I don't even want to say FOMO, it's pre-FOMO, where it's if we're not everywhere, then somehow we're going to be missed. We're going to miss the boat. And it doesn't matter if it's Blue Sky, Mastodon, whatever. There's 5 million platforms that are out there. You don't have to be on it to be aware of it. And I think that's really the other part of it too, is that it's important as an organization to know what's going on in each of those channels in terms of conversations that might or might not impact you. But that doesn't mean that you have to post to it. That doesn't mean you need a profile on it. That doesn't mean you have to have a social calendar for threads because all of that is just overkill. But you can be aware of it 
know how it's impacting or shifting or shaping the market, that doesn't mean you need to be there. So I think that's the other distinction sometimes that we have to make as marketers too, is that as tempting as it is, we really don't need to be actively involved everywhere. We can just listen in on the conversation and see how it evolves. I think that's a great point that it's great not to be on threads. I think you just need to know why, right? And for the same places you are and are not, right? Just make a, an intentional choice. Well, and test, test and learn, I think is the other part is data is going to tell you where you should be, where you shouldn't be, where your audience is, where it's not, and what resonates with your audience on various channels. Like the same content that you would post on LinkedIn is not going to be the same content you would want on Instagram or Facebook necessarily. So making sure that you're being smart and strategic in how you're building that content is critical for success on those channels and threads. We don't know anything yet. We don't have the data to know what's going on there, but it's, there is conversation happening. There is starting to peak interest for organizations. So it is something that could become something, but we don't know yet. So it's too new to know if data is really going to support it or not, or drive the right audience to it. That's going to make an impact for an organization in some way. I think there are certain brand positions that may benefit from a presence on threads. Megan and I have mm -hmm. talked to a client or two about this. Do you want to talk about that, Megan? Yeah, yeah. Actually, some of uh, the clients that we're seeing that it makes sense to do threads are academic medical schools who are doing very innovative research and tackling TikTok in such a strong way where they have the capability and the interest and the uh, opportunity to start and be an innovator on threads. So they're posting about some of these new research things that they have. They're posting about facts and things that they've found through their research. They're elevating some of their physicians and elevating some of their students and residents through these different profiles. And it's a different take where it's almost like that personal brand because you're talking about these individuals and you're leveraging these very unique pieces of content that health organizations just are not able to do like a traditional health system. So there is definitely opportunity to test. And it's a different KPI. I think still the conversation goes back to what are you trying to accomplish and how are you measuring it? Those groups aren't really tasked with patient acquisition. They are tasked yep. with student engagement and recruitment and those sorts of things. And it makes more sense than for them to be on the cutting edge, not only because they are about research, but because the audiences they are trying to engage are different than people they're trying to get to come in for care. And I think that also brings up TikTok. Something that we've been hearing a lot of from clients is, should they be investing more in TikTok? Because it is that younger demographic who's very interested in who an organization is and getting the video content. But what we see a lot of times is people don't have the affinity to want to be on video or they freak out about video and there's not a strategic way of thinking of how to use TikTok. So it's just another case for, is your audience on there? Is it a patient acquisition? Is it an engagement play? And how are you creating content to support that too? I don't I think it's a pretty good... I think we're at recording for 24 minutes. It's about 20 minutes of not us 
laughing. All right, so, okay, we'll use this as the last question. Tommy, you talked about, in the case of Threads, keeping an eye on it, but not feeling obligated to jump in. What are the three of you watching? With Threads, yes, but just social media in general. I, there, so admittedly, there is nothing that currently intrigues me as far as, like, the platform to watch. I think right now there seems to just be a race to be the next Twitter, but that conversation has only gone so far as making an exact replica of Twitter. So if you look at Mastodon, Spill, Blue Sky, all of these platforms, they look exactly like Twitter. And I think there's some opportunities there. Blue Sky is probably the one that has the most resources and they're building it slowly. So there could be an opportunity to be that next Twitter. But I think longer term, it's really going to be a matter of what leverages video in a way that TikTok can, but makes it more actionable in terms of communication. And that could be TikTok evolving to that point, but... I think that video has become so readily available for folks now where they have anyone with a cell phone at this point can create semi-professional video. How does that get leveraged and layered into a social media platform? I think that's where things are headed. Now, what platform is doing that right now? I don't think there's really one, but I see that is where people are start like companies are starting to evolve to. Yeah, I completely agree. That was going to be mine as well as no outside of the fact that I love threads for my own like book talk and random things. I think for organizations, what's actually getting me excited is that there's more interest and excitement around creating those short form videos and people actually seeing the benefit of it. So when social media teams were stretched in and couldn't, you could barely get a photo. Now they're able to get little snippets of video and do some great things on for Instagram reels. And that's something that we talk with our clients a lot about of you don't necessarily have to be on TikTok, you just have to get your team up and moving and ready to create video content that is relevant for your organization. And you can do that through Instagram reels. And we're starting to see that trend where people are way more excited and willing to do that. I'm too old and tired to be thinking about new places and tools online, but I spend a lot of time with like our health services and health systems clients, like talking about how to optimize what they already have. And I would much rather have that conversation about how do we do more with what we have? How do we do it better? How do we prioritize? How do we go in the places where it really matters? I think those are the conversations that are really happening today. I agree about the video content really being where things are going and how we're starting to see that being done better. I also think that we need to think as marketing communications teams about our internal content the same way we think about it externally. And I'm starting to see that move too, where organizations understand we can't just default to memos and email and SharePoint. And I'm excited to see us use the same level of, I don't know, investment in our internal comms as our external, because everyone who works in our organization is a consumer. 
and many of them are on TikTok and expect our videos to be 60 seconds or less. I started producing 60 second commercials for digital boards when I was in house in the health system because like that was the amount of time we had people for and that was how long their attention span was. And we were trying to take some of those things we had learned from social media and externally and bring them in house. And so I'm excited to see more of those conversations going on too. So thank you, Megan McCarthy, Tommy Barbie, Abby McNeil. I appreciate your time and insight. It has been great to talk to you this early Friday morning. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. <laughs> Do I get a coffee mug? Is there a coffee mug? Yes, <laughs> That's I want a coffee mug. <laughs>